You're listening to Unfiltered with Muhammad Uncut, a podcast about personal growth and authentic leadership. If you're looking for tips on how to manage others, get ahead, and make your way up the corporate ladder, this is not the show for you. This podcast is about being of service to others, leading from the heart, and evolving into a better version of yourself. Each episode brings you motivated stories about unfiltered leadership and authentic leaders, those who involve others, use their influence to amplify diverse perspectives, and inspire teams to achieve collective results. If this sounds like you, keep listening. Welcome to the Unfiltered Podcast, and I've got an incredibly unfiltered leader, somebody who's going to inspire us today, Matt Crum. Thank you very much for being my unfiltered guest this afternoon. Hey, thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate that. I know that life will always throw us a curveball, and it's thrown you many a curveball, and I think you're dealing with one today, but I want to thank you for making the time to swing back at life and to get into the flow and to share with us. So I just want to give my listeners a bit of background about the abundant man of who you are and what you bring to the space. So Matt works with various executives and entrepreneurs and individuals to align their beliefs with action to create a culture of abundance. His passion is to help you and his clients overcome life obstacles and to achieve our number one goal and live life to its abundance. Matt is also a fighter. He's a cancer survivor. He's a winner. And he's all about being abundant. And he's my unfiltered guest today. God bless you. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Thank you again, brother. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Man, you make me sound like a, like a pretty important fellow there for some reason. So that's pretty good. Well, well you are. You know, I, I think we all are gifts to the world that accepts us. And uh, you are a gift to your world. I've recently connected with you on social media. I've started to learn about who you are and the difference you're making in the space and the authenticity of your story and just your personality and, and how you show up. And that's where I want to start there. This podcast is about being unfiltered, and I don't think they get any unfiltered than, more unfiltered than you. So please <laughs> tell me, who is Matt Crump? Well, that's a great question. Um, well, first of all, Matt Crump is a, is a follower of God. I'm a follower of Christ. That's, that's who I am first and foremost. Uh, I get to do all kinds of other stuff. So the titles are, are things like author and coach and consultant um, you know, designer, branding, marketing, all those fun kind of things. Uh, I think right below God would come my wife and, uh, and my children, and everything else comes after that. That's uh, primarily my hope and focus in, in life is to help uh, be the best I can for them. I've, um, I've been through a lot in my life, for sure. Uh, starting back, I guess, for the biggest part of, of a transition of my life started when I was about 10 years old. At 10 is when I first decided to, uh, to try the, the little thing called cigarettes. I started smoking cigarettes at 10 years old. Tried to hide that from my parents for quite a while. And eventually that got into uh, starting to do drugs. Um, at 13 years old, I was feeling quite frustrated with life. Uh, I felt less than. I felt like I uh, didn't have acceptance in my life. All kinds of emotions I was going through. And I decided one day I was going to kill myself. So at 13, I went upstairs to my bedroom and got a plastic bag and pulled it over my head and I wrapped my bag up with tape and uh, was planning on suffocating myself to death until I got to the point where it started to hurt really bad, about blacked out, 
And at the point where that was going to happen, I just ripped the bag off my head, realizing I didn't really want to kill myself. I just didn't want to live the way I was living, right? Fast forward a little bit further, uh, get out of high school. I'm a drug addict and alcoholic. I joined the military. I was in the United States Army and uh, served during the Gulf War. Uh, in that process, while I was in the military, I became worse as a drug addict and alcoholic, which is really weird to think that happens in the military. But it did back in a day when I was in, in the 80s. I was in the military back then. And um, I, met, uh, I met a guy. Uh, well, I was stuck in a guard duty scenario with a fella in the middle of the desert. Just two of us it was me, life of the party guy, Mr. Drug Addict, Mr. Alcoholic, and this other guy who was a former uh, drug dealer and drug addict turned Christian. It was just the Christian and the, the life of the party stuck out in the middle of the desert for a while. So uh, he shared some great things with me during that week. I didn't uh, respond to, to a lot of it during that period of time, but I couldn't let it go. And eventually it turned into a moment where I realized that what I was really missing in my life and I knew what I needed. So I went to him and we, we actually walked through the mountains uh, of the desert, climbed to the one tall mountain one night, full, full moon that evening, shining down to the top of this mountain top. And in the moonbeam, he grabbed my hands. I grabbed his hands and he prayed with me and, and he led me to Jesus that day where I literally had, I'm the guy that literally had this mountaintop experience. It's pretty crazy. I think that's definitely how God needed to do it for me because I was just such a wild guy. Delivered instantly from drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, running around with women. I mean, all that kind of stuff was just gone. He replaced everything in my life. And of course, everybody said, yeah, we'll give you, we'll give you a week grump. It'll be back partying with us anytime soon. It was, it was a pretty years later. <laughs> oh yeah. So here I am now it's been, uh, let's see, I'll be married 32 years. So a little over 32, almost 33 years since that happened for me. Um, got out of the military, got my MDiv, my, uh, MDiv in theology and biblical counseling, and also had a degree in uh, marketing sales and services. I was going to go back as a chaplain in the military, but I ended up growing a beard and decided to stay out. So I've been out of the army for a long time. And uh, then I became a singer songwriter. I had a record deal and was signed and traveled all the world and sang with that. Uh, I've owned several businesses. I've been an entrepreneur. Uh, like again, I said, branding and marketing design has always been a big passion of mine. It's something I've been doing for a long time as well. And then of course the big deal that we're, we know about is I uh, was diagnosed with cancer first in 2011 and uh, then went stage four in 2015. So from 2015 to now, or is quite an experience too. We can probably go back to that in a minute, but that's the long story, kind of short a little bit. You know, Matt, you do this to me every time. And I'm going to make you apologize because you make me so emotional. <laughs> and, and I have no issue with being emotional, but I'm confused because I don't know if I can continue smiling or if I need to give access to my tears because I don't know if they're tears of joy or they're tears of sadness. They're tears of listening to you because you know you share what most people live and don't talk about. And they harbor that fear and that angst and that sorrow and that confusion within themselves. And two weeks ago, my daughter lost one of her best friends, a young, beautiful man, 19 years old took some pills and just before he was about to go, he realized he's doing the wrong thing. He didn't want to die. He just, to your point, didn't want to live that way. And called 911. By the time he showed up, 
and it's gone. Yeah. So your story resonates with millions of people who are harboring this fear of speaking about our mental illnesses and the fact that we feel lonely and alone and we need to talk about it and you speak about it with smile and triumph because the only way to go beyond adversity and tribulation is to be able to triumph and you didn't do that alone and your, your spiritual desert and the physical desert and the mountains that you carried on your back and the mountains that you climbed and where you find your glory and where you discovered your faith and you you know exercised your demons it's because you have and you found that higher purpose and you know you haven't said the word god yet and you know and i uh, full respect to you and the way you speak on your social media and you use the word god often and the word god and love just doesn't make its way into certain platforms like when i, I you know i'll call out linkedin we i rarely see people talk about faith and god it's not for everyone but I'm glad to see those that have the courage to say it because some of us want to hear it and need to hear it in the same way that you share your story about suicide, about uh, alcoholism, about drugs, about failure, about feeling that you've fallen off a cliff, but in fact, you were able to rise and you didn't do it alone. You did it with the power of somebody who's been through it. And it's beautiful. And, you know, even today with what, you know, we're talking about, you, you know, God tries us. Whatever you want to call oh, yeah. God, a higher force, we're consistently and continuously tried. And life is full of trials. So we can either act or be acted upon. And I love to see how you have taken, well, look behind you, win, lose, learn. I mean, I need not say more. So, I want to thank you, first of all, for the service and for sharing what you did and for the service that you do every time you create a video or you create a post and you put yourself out there because, and I'm long-winded with this, because if I wasn't able to show my tears of happiness or sorrow, I need to at least express my gratitude in words to what you express every time you open up your heart and you share that. So thank you, because that is what an unfiltered leader is. God bless you. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. Um, obviously, things like that don't don't come or happen overnight. Um, you know, I've been through many, many dark valleys in my life. And, uh, you know, the Lord has always, um, I'm a very, I'm a creative guy. So I, I do a lot of things in pictures. I'm really great with pictures. Like I'm the guy that likes to get books that have lots of pictures in it, but it has a ton of words, no pictures. I probably don't pick it up, you know, but uh, I've gotten better in my older age now, but uh, you know, I'm really a picture kind of a guy. I love stories. I love pictures. And uh, you know, that just seems to be the way that God has been able to communicate to me over my life. And specifically, like you mentioned, the desert, the mountains, the valleys, the things like I've physically literally been to and through are exactly the types of things that, uh, uh, spiritually, mentally, I've had to go through, and things I'm able to help others to go through as well. Um, you know, one, they told me that I had cancer, and then when it got really bad, I was given about eight months to live, and they told me, uh, you know, yeah, eight months to go. So a lot of times people in that scenario would think, well, and their friends would say, I'm so sorry, you know, did you hear Matt's dying of cancer? Did you hear, you know, like, dying. Right, right. So here's the thing. Dying. I, I made a choice. You have one of two choices. 
I could die of cancer or live life. And my choice has always been to live life. So whether, whether I die of cancer or old age or get hit by a bus, I'm going to live my life till the last breath that I have, right? And for me, the opportunity to share what I've learned and had in my life with other people is, uh, is, is paramount. I mean, it's not just a, a thing or a job or an opportunity. It's a, it's a call. It's like fire that shut up in your bones. Like I can't, I can't do anything else but do what I do. It's your and mission I purpose. I love it. It's my, yeah, it's my call. It's my mission and purpose in life. And, and uh, you know, to be able to understand what that is clearly and to be able to effectively communicate that with other people is, is an amazing thing. And that is one of my passions to do for other folks. You know, uh, you mentioned earlier, there's three, three things that I'm, I'm pretty well known for, I would hope on LinkedIn at least, is that's to help people overcome life obstacles, to help them achieve a number one goal, and to live a life of purpose. So if it's overcoming obstacles, goals, and purpose, I'm your guy. You know, I'm here to help you with that kind of scenario. And I want to make sure that that's something that people can, can get through and, and not just get through, but to, uh, to learn and to be empowered with, right? To be able to do that for other folks. Because I'm a really passionate guy about legacy too. When you know, learn and, you know, we, we, we get to choose. We get to choose. And, you know, let's face it, the minute we're born, we start to die. And I think physically our bodies start to deteriorate and turn against us in, in our late 20s, if I'm not mistaken. So we're not as invincible as, you know, we pretend to be. And so right. we're in the process of dying. But every single moment, not every day, every single moment, we can be in the process of choosing life. And, you know, a lot of the times we're handed a, a final notice, whether it's a notice because we've been given the pink paper or the yellow papers, whatever they are, when we are asked to leave our, our work, right? A pink slip? The pink slip, they say. Yeah, the pink right? slip. So, you know, you're fired. Uh, many times, you know, we, we end a relationship and we feel that life has ended or, you know, we you know, we, we lose our health or what we thought was part of our health or physical, mental, spiritual, emotional health. And we forget what we don't lose is the choice. We, you know, and that's how I listen to you. You've built your resilience around the choices that you've made. You have not let them push you down. Like, you know, as you were telling me, you were climbing this mountain and you held his hand and uh, that your colleague and, you know, the moon was shining. I was thinking this guy was still doing his drugs and was going to say, hey, man, we're jumping off the cliff. And I'm like, wow, you look good for somebody who's jumped off the cliff. But you actually divested yourself of everything that had caused you to carry that weight on your shoulders. You actually threw it over the cliff. And, and I, had to, I had to abandon. I had to abandon myself. I knew that didn't work. You know, I, I wasn't able to get high or drunk enough anymore. I could out drink, out smoke, out all that kind of stuff. And I just wasn't complete. You know, there was still that, that void that's, that was going on in my life. I didn't know what it was. I wasn't raised in a, in a Christian household where we went to church all the time and knew a lot about the Bible or anything like that. That wasn't my life growing up. I, mean, I, had, a, I had an awareness like most people would, but I didn't really know what it meant. And um, for me to make that decision that night was a complete abandonment because I still didn't really know what I was doing. I just trusted and believed. And I figured if it works for this guy, to be sure, it can work for me too. And uh, fortunately, it has. I, again, I'm, uh, <laughs> I've made many mistakes in my life. I, I tell folks and uh, some of our friends here at our church, we say we are not, uh, we're not perfect examples, just living ones. But what it is that you have abandoned and what it is that you have gained, you know, the, 
you have abandoned all the baggage and, and the weight that has caused you to, to not live fully. All, all the weight that has caused you to fall down and you have risen with everything that you have gained from God. You know, and, and you know, a lot of the time we forget that faith is about what we can abandon, but what we can gain when we find that enlightenment. And you know, here, you know, for the respect of anyone that's listening, whatever higher force you can find that goes beyond your created world, beyond what is just within your reach. And Something your, bigger than you. Right? Something bigger than you. Whatever you want to call it. You want to call it Christ. You want to call it Allah. You want to call it Jehovah. You want to call it Buddha. What, right? And I'm not referring to it. I know the Buddhists don't believe that Buddha is God. But whatever <laughs> belief it is that you aspire to, so long as it is bigger than you, then you're, you know, you're walking on, on the path of finding yourself. You'll never find you in yourself. You'll find it by looking around and seeing in the created world and understanding the messages that the universe sends you and that you carry the, the universe itself in your heart. And, you know, I don't want to trivialize for the listeners because, you know, I, you make it sound so easy, darn you. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> well, you know, oh, I, I beat alcoholism. I beat drugs. I beat cancer. And you make it's it simple. It's simple. I, it's, just, it's just hard. But you did. You did it here and you did it here. And, you know, the message, with your permission, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you inspired me to say this. The message that I'm hearing and feeling from you is that those mountains can be incredibly onerous and cumbersome and, and really weighty. But they don't have to be the ones that we carry upon our shoulders. They can be the ones that we choose to climb and get to that summit and see the clarity and find the peace and, and the glory, whatever you call it. And you do that. And, you, and I say, you do. You didn't do it once. You continue to do that. Tell me right. that is, you know, that faith is important to the way that you lead yourself, your family, your friends, your business, people you work with. Yeah, no doubt. Um, well, there's a scripture that says that with, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I, I think about faith in the aspect of everything uh, in life. Uh, mommy obviously comes from an aspect of me with, with God, but also do you have faith in yourself? Faith in what you're doing works. Do you believe that there's a solid foundation under you? I, like right now, I asked you a question, Muhammad. When you got ready to do this podcast and you sat where you're sitting, did you say, wait a minute, will, will this chair actually hold me when I sit down right now? I mean, will all of these legs actually support my weight? Or did somebody come and unscrew all the old nuts and bolts so it's going to fall apart? When I, you, just sat, you just sat down. It was just so simple. There's a chair. I shall sit. Right? And that's as easy mm -hmm. as it is. <laughs> I shall sit. <laughs> Thou shall sit. I love it. Yeah. Sit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the point you're making is about faith. Please uh, walk me through it. Yeah, well, I mean, faith is definitely something that's, that's a, a reality. It's an evidence of things that we don't see. It's stuff right. that we hope for, right? It's that, that place where we can say, look, I, I don't think that this is possible on my own, but I do believe that it's possible, right? So let's take, let's take God out of the equation for a minute then for some folks and say that, um, let's say that you 
desire to be a lemonade producer. <laughs> and you've seen Country Time Lemonade on TV. But all you have is 10 lemons, a cup of sugar, some water, and a pitcher. Does that mean that you cannot do what Country Time Lemonade has done? No, it means you got to start somewhere. You got 10 lemons, you got a, a cup of sugar or some water in a pitcher. So just because it doesn't look like somebody else's, it doesn't mean that it's, that it's not possible. So when we see something like that, it creates an opportunity for me to have faith to think, well, I, if that can happen, that can happen for me too. Right. It might look different, might taste different, might be a different brand, whatever. But at the end of the day, it makes things possible. Other than that, it's just a, it's a, a hobby or, or a, a wasted dream. And, and you know, what you just explained, I had this um, awakening maybe four or five years ago, I was getting certified in um, a personality assessment um, tool. And I met some people, this was in Minneapolis, and um, one of the coaches, incredibly warm, down-to-earth, beautiful woman, used the expression, expression of abundance. I was saying to her, I, you know, you can be a competitor of mine. Why are you helping me? And she turned around to me and said, Muhammad, I'm coming from a place of abundance. Now, I, I didn't know what that meant, and so I asked for an explanation. I know what it means. I've seen it. I've lived it. I've lacked it. But her, the expression itself, a place of abundance. And so I learned, she said, well, you can either come from a place of scarcity or a place of abundance. You can look at people who, I mean, we do that every day. We're, you and I are on social media every day and it's part of our business, it's part of growing our brand. But it can get a little depressing sometimes if you're always comparing yourself to the untouchables on social media or the influencers, whether they're on a platform or celebrities, whether you're in the grocery store and you see somebody's picture on, on, on a magazine, it, it's like, right? The, the, the golden, not me. That's kind of how I refer to it. Everything seems golden, but I don't seem golden enough. So you look and you think, I, I can't be like that. I can't have that. I can't do that. I can't make, you know, I only have 10 lemons and a little bit of sugar. But I can have faith. And I can say, I can start. And I can choose to make lemonade. It may not right. be country time, may not be nationwide, but it's a start. And so to anyone doubting their capabilities or abilities or their skills or, or, or being able to move forward, you're enough. Just start somewhere. That's right. So how do you... Keep yourself from living in a bubble. You know, you, you, you beat cancer, and we're going to go there in a minute because I kind of want to get deeper because what you feel when you're going through this and yet you've come to the other side. But being the survivor that you are, being the winner that you are, choosing to win, how do you make sure you don't live in a bubble? Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's, a, there's an old saying that says sometimes we can be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. And it's so very, very important to be able to stay grounded. And uh, to be grounded, it's important to have accountability in your life. 
and uh, I, I'm fortunate to have some, some accountability in my life. And um, I've got folks that can help, help me and pour into my life or call me out on things sometimes if I need to be called out on it, right? So those things are helpful. They're, they're, um, they help me to be better at who I am so I can help others to be better at what, where they're at, right? Um, so, you know, I can't say that I've never, I've never gotten into bubbles. I, I've had some bubbles in my life. Uh, sometimes it, God busts the bubble. Sometimes I bust the bubble or somebody else does. Either way, it can, it's going to get busted. Uh, I'd rather it be me uh, or, or God, right? But um, it does happen. So I think, you know, you have to be able to, we just talked a minute about, about faith. And for me, it's, it's the ability to think that first, uh, you can believe that, that something's possible. If you, can, if you can believe that it's possible, right? It's a bit about faith again, but then anything's possible, right? I mean, we never thought that anybody could go to Mars and it won't be very long before that happens. Mm -hmm. We already have, we already have property in the United States of America on Mars. I mean, really. I mean, Good it's point. Cool. Good point. I mean, when you put it that way. It's there. It says made in USA. Sitting up there right now, right? So, I mean, it's just a matter of time. So, I mean, anything, anything's possible. I mean, doesn't, like I said before, some, sometimes things, they're, they're simple, but they're just hard. It requires effort. And uh, anything worth doing is worth paying a price for. And I've, I've paid a price in, in many ways in my life. Um, some are, are self-inflicted for the problems that I've created for myself by poor choices. Other cases are, are that we live in a fallen world and bad things happen to anybody. Um, you know, there's no one protected from anything on this planet. You know, it's not like you can be so holy or so good or so anything that you now are the super uh, person that doesn't get whatever. I mean, it happens. Um, you know, we have to realize that, that by, by placing ourselves in a position where I realize that things like that can happen to anybody at any time, one, it should help you to stay uh, grateful, should help you to have a, a little more positive attitude. Um, it should help you to stay in a place where you're, you're hoping and you have some belief and faith that things are possible. But then at the same time, you apply things that you've been learning called action and you're actually you're able to actually then to place those things that are the dreams, the ideas, the intentions, the thoughts into a, a, a progress and a pattern and a and a procedure into look what I've been able to accomplish. Right? Uh, it's a process, but it's possible. And uh, I've learned that in many things in my life, especially through my battle with cancer over the past nine years of my life. It's been a an extremely long journey. I have many, many scars from it right now in my life and my body that, um, that are, are constant reminders of what, what this journey's been like. And a much shorter viewer than what you had for a long time as well, for those yeah, following your viewer story. So take, take me there, take me with overcoming obstacles. Because you know, I have to tell you, people always say, oh, Muhammad, you're so resilient. And I say, hmm, but you know what? Sometimes the beast thing, you'll see me just lose it. And, you know, I'm okay and I'm strong and resilient when I can control things. And I try to, I'm a control freak. And I'm learning at 52, I'm still learning to choose what I truly can control and what I can't. 
so that I'm not depriving myself of that happiness daily, every minute. Getting much better, much better, my wife would say. <laughs> and yet it's always a work in progress. But faced with one obstacle that I'll, I'll, I'll share. I hate the C word, I hate cancer. A few years ago, um, my son was afraid that he might have it and he went to get tested. And I tell you, those two weeks were amongst the longest of my life. And I love to sit in the sun and had this thing on my nose and I had to get tested and I haven't learned my lesson because I still worship the sun. But those two weeks of waiting, I can't tell you what I felt like because it was outside of my control. My wife, on the other hand, she's like, I'll deal with it when it comes. So I would like you to share, because I'm selfish, I want to learn, how the heck did you, were you able to survive? Because I don't think you, you, you're a survivor because you were told you beat cancer, you're, you're clean. You survived for those nine years, ten, nine years, I believe, your, your fight with cancer, right? You just recently received notice that. Yeah, well, let me, let me elaborate days. on that a little bit more. Um, this is where faith comes in. So the, uh, the last brain surgery I had was five months ago. And at that, at that surgery, at the end of it, you have to get tested all and whatnot. So I had to have my MRI of my brain done to see how the procedure went. And at the end of that procedure, they said, you know, it looks fantastic. There's nothing there. Like I have no brains. <laughs> I asked for an upgrade. They wouldn't even give me that. But they said, there's no cancer left. There's nothing there. No signs of anything. Everything looks great. All the scar tissue, the, all the problems that we were having in there is all gone. Fantastic. They did a PET scan of my body. Uh, for the first time, I had an all-clear PET scan. I do have a still spot where my original tumor started at my adrenal gland, which is gone. Um, but it's still there, but it's just been kind of not doing anything for the past couple of years. Um, so the issue with the type of cancer that I've been battling for, uh, which is a melanoma cancer, by the way, where sunscreens are, uh, the, the type of cancer they have, is, there's different strains. And they don't know much about melanoma in the, in the world right now. They're still learning. They've learned a lot over the past three years. But when I first was diagnosed, they didn't know much. Um, so I evidently was blessed to have the worst strand known to man of melanoma, um, which means that it's extremely volatile. Um, so I could, in theory, medically speaking, I could have another brain tumor next week. Um, I'm a cancer patient for life. I have to be tested all the time. I take about 32 pills a day still right now. I've got a lot of lot of issues and side effects from surgeries, radiations, trials, drugs. I mean, everything you could possibly imagine. For me, I got to the point in my life where I thought, I mean, because one reason I grew the beard in the first place was part of my my physical outward sign of my my battle with cancer. For first thing cancer typically takes is somebody's hair. I've always had a beard, and I said, I'm going to quit cut, quit cutting it. And I'm going to be the one who makes the choice when the hair comes off, not cancer. And I'll do that when I'm all clear. So when they told me at this point in my fight after nine years that my brain looked good, the PET scan looked good, things are looking okay, uh, as far as that's concerned, I had to make a choice. I made a choice to say, when am I going to draw the light in the sand? When am I going to say that I'm done being a patient and I'm ready to be a survivor? Because honestly, Muhammad. Um, they could tell me next month that I have another tumor. But I'm done waiting for the next tumor. 
I'm, I'm living life, right? So even this guy right here, I had to make another choice in my life. And I made that choice. And when I cut the beard off by faith, I'm proclaiming because Isaiah 53, 5 says, by his stripes were healed. I believe in that the price for my healing was paid a long time ago by a guy much better than me named Jesus. And when he said it's finished up on the cross, I believed him. So since he says it's finished, what do I have to worry about? So at this point, I've said, I'm no longer going to be concerned if they are going to say I have another tumor. If that does happen, it's not like I haven't been through it before and I don't know what we're going to deal with. But I'm no longer going to be a guy stuck with cancer and be a patient sitting here constantly worried about the next thing. It's time to move on. And this was, I felt was the best time so far in my life in my fight and walk with, with cancer to make that choice. So it's a by faith thing. Um, and, and I'm excited to be a cancer survivor. Let me ask you, Matt, when I see the word Christ, what four letter word comes to mind? Four letter word? Well, there's one, it starts with L. Thank That'd you. Love. love. Uh, okay, you're going to make me cry again. So, uh, you know, on the record, no, I'm, not most, I'm not Christian, I'm Muslim. Um, but complete, complete um, respect for your belief and anyone's belief or lack of. I will respect everyone's choice to, to, to believe or choose a different form of Sure. And as a Muslim, you, you understand and respect him as a prophet and understand some of the things that he stood for. Went through. And obviously, he was a man of love and, and, and life and freedom and all those types of things, right? And the reason, the reason I, I, I ask you that is, you know, when you talk about finding uh, your faith, love is the other side of fear. And you can choose to live in fear and wait for the next, God forbid, you know, every time my kids leave the house, oh, I'm going to get afraid that they get in a car accident. My wife looks at me, she goes, you're weird. You know, and, you know, because I, I, I preach about not worrying, right? I, I make all these wonderful posts and videos, you know, don't worry. And I need to be the first one to consume that advice because, you know, I need to lead by example, right? Leaders, as you call them, we need to be brave. And courage, being a brave leader, is starting with yourself first, recognizing that it's about love and not fear. But take me there, because I'm not the one that wrote the book, Brave Leadership. You are. Tell me why leadership is about being brave. Tell me about that courage. Yeah, it's a good thing. Um, you know, confidence breeds courage. And when you're confident, when you have clarity and confidence in something, you have courage. And when you have courage, you're able to, to withstand certain things that you, you may not have been able to withstand before. Um, for example, when I was in the military, uh, there was a day that uh, we were training for air assault. This is when crazy guys jump out of the helicopters with all the ropes and stuff, right? So we were doing air assault training. And we have to start first. So far, you jump out of a helicopter, you got to first scale the wall. You go up and climb up and come down this wall, right? So we're getting ready to do that this day. I didn't tell anybody that I was kind of scared to go do this thing in the first place, you know? So we get to this thing and everybody's getting ready to go and everybody's talking their smack, I'm talking smack. And then it's my turn to go up there. I'm climbing the ladder, you know, up this Empire State Building. Not really, this, this tall little thing, right? It's probably 25 or 30 feet tall. I finally get to the top. When I get to the top, I go over to the side, get ready to go. Then I look over the edge. 
we might as well have been <laughs> in the biggest mountain range I've ever seen in my life. We might as well have been on top of the Empire State Building. I said, I am not going to jump off of this thing. This is no reason. I'm on solid ground. There's no reason for me to jump off this, right? So, But I knew that it was part of what we had to do. I had to do it. I just didn't know that if I could. So I got all strapped in. I turned around, get ready to go backwards. And uh, the guy that was there, I'll never forget his name, is Montavo. Montavo was standing there. And he was looking at me. I was looking at him. And he's just wondering, everyone, come on, Crump, come on, come on. And I'm talking, oh, shut up. I'm running, running my mouth like I'm, like I'm being cool. But meanwhile, I'm scared to death. So I, I whispered to Montavo. I go, hey, put your foot in my chest and push me off. <laughs> He said, what? And I said, just put your foot Because I knew that under my own power, I just couldn't do it. I was just scared. I just couldn't do it. So he put his foot in my chest and pushed me. And I'm telling you what, Mohammed, the second my feet left that edge, I was crump life of the party again. Woohoo! It was awesome. It was great. It was the most exciting thing. I'm scaling down the thing. I'm coming down to get down. And I'm ready to go back up and take over it again, right? It was that, that first moment, that first step that I had to take. And even though I couldn't take it by myself, I was able to trust somebody else to help me. And when I was able to get to be pushed from a place that I was comfortable being in, it released me to an entire new life, a completely new experience that just a few days later, I'd be in a helicopter coming off the side of a thing, coming down you know, a lot further than we did in that. It was amazing when you talk about resilience, when you first start in those little places, you know, and, and you go to those bigger places, finally, like I said, with the helicopter. Um, that is what bravery is. Bravery is being able to not, not be scared. <laughs> I mean, I've, I don't know, through my battle with cancer, I don't know that many people haven't been scared. I don't know when I don't walk through the door of the cancer center, although I've got faith, that I don't get scared and think, what if? What if they do say this? What if today they say, what if the, I'm not going to lie and say those, those things don't go through my mind. And if I say, what if I say, well, yeah, what if man, what if they do say what, then what if, right? And what if I do, you know, fall down from this thing? Oh, there's 20 people down there going to catch me. I mean, so you have to be able to believe you can, first of all, it's back to that faith thing. Second of all is that that bravery doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're not scared. It just means that you're willing in the face of adversity, to take the step. And that's for me what I've had to learn to do my entire life. It's not denying or suppressing the fear, but it's facing it. And you know, I, I think of that visual where we're in our comfort zone and to push out of our comfort zone, we go into our fear zone and that's the only way to get to your growth zone. Well, sometimes you, know, you just can't do it on your own. And after a while, you build that resilience so that you can push further out of your comfort zone into your fear zone and go beyond because fear, I think, is just, well, if it's the other face of love, then we know that, to your point, that's where faith comes in. We have to know that if I flip the coin, oh, that's fear and that's love. And love isn't that far away. And so the only way I'm going to grow, the only way I'm going to get into a better place, a place of abundance, is I have to go through that desert, that desert of unknowing, that desert of feeling that the weight of the world is on my shoulders, that desert of aloneness, being lonely, being broken. And yes. 
to break into a million pieces before you can put yourself back together. But what you have shared with us and what you continue to share with the people that listen and believe in you and, and, and follow you is you remind us, and resilient people do that often, that you never have to do that alone. You don't have to traverse that desert on your own. You did it. You climbed a mountain, not alone. You did it. You jumped out into, out of your fear, not even alone. You had someone help you. And I know right now the people that have helped you through this battle with cancer and through your survival are the people closest to you, your mother and your father, your wife, and your, I believe you have two children, right? Right. Right. So, you know, and not everybody may be blessed with having the abundance that you do, but I think we all have someone or something find whatever it is that you can hold on to find your support, find your network. And I think this is why it's important for all of us when we're on these platforms to be not preaching, but to be reinforcing to let people know that we're there because, you know, even the people that we interact with, how many times I have interacted with people through a post or through a, um, a conversation that, you know, was, first virtual and then like a phone conversation or something like this. And then I found out those people are hurting and no one knows they're hurting in, in, in silence and they're hurting out of shame and fear. And what they're looking for is love. I want to thank you for reminding us about that love and for using your faith and your spirituality to give us hope. And at this point, I have something called the unfiltered thought of the week, which I say to you, Mr. Matt Crump, with all your wonderful experience and your spirituality and your resilience, what one piece of advice or what one piece of enlightenment or awakenness can you share with the dear listener here to help them have that faith, to be a better person, stronger, more resilient? Hmm. You are valuable. You, you are, you're more precious than gold and you have, purpose. Um, don't allow the lie of lack. Don't allow the lie of, of no worth, of, of worthlessness be told to you uh, because we all have a great value. Does that mean that everybody's called to be giant superstars and famous, famous people? No. Let me ask you a question then while you're listening today, folks. Some folks probably know who Michael Jordan is, very famous basketball player, right? Really awesome dude and does all kinds of stuff. Now he's just said he's going to do a NASCAR team. Amazing. I just came out today in the news. He's good NASCAR. All right. So let me ask this question. Tell me right now, maybe Mohammed might be, maybe you know, what's Michael Jordan's high school basketball coach name? I don't know. How valuable of a man do you think he was? Doesn't matter if anybody knows who we are doesn't matter if we have our name in the lights. You might be the basketball coach to Michael Jordan. You might be Albert Einstein's science teacher. But if you do what you're called to do to the best of your ability with excellence, not perfectionism because perfectionism is stupid. It'll kill you. But excellence, then you get to live your best life. And the bonus is... <laughs> So do the people that you get to bless. And for me, success is to make somebody more successful than me. If I can see somebody else be successful, I'm successful, right? 
So it's not about losing a job or losing your opportunities or I can't do this or can't do this. It's about what can you do and do it the best you can. Believe you can. Do something about it and just keep living life. Learning, winning. Thank you. Win, lose, learn. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you. God bless you too. Be hopeful and blessed. And I thank you for being my guest today, Matt. Thank you. It's been a blast here on Unfiltered. Appreciate it, my friend. Peace. All the best to you. Thank you for listening to Unfiltered, the show about authentic leadership and personal growth. Like what you heard? Click subscribe, share it, and tell a friend about it. And don't forget to leave a rating.